Freedom versus power. Freedom versus power. America wokes up. Freedom versus power. America wokes up. You're listening to Freedom versus Power. America wokes up. Presented by Hakeem Alibokas Alexander on Spreaker. Social Podcasting, Wisdom, Social Audio Inc., and Call-In Social Podcasting, presented for Communications, World Reading Club, and ExercisingYourMind.com in association with Uniquilibrium. This edition's reading focus comes to us from The Capitalist Manifesto by Robert T. Kiyosaki. This is part three of the book called Freedom Versus Power, the introduction to part three. Consider these words from Abraham Lincoln on freedom. America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. Question. What is the difference between freedom and power? Answer. Not much. The definition of power. The ability to do or act. The definition of freedom. The right to act, speak, or think without restraint. Simply put, people with more freedom have more power. On October 20, on October 2nd, 2021, I left my home in Phoenix to visit my home in Hawaii. From the moment my driver dropped me off at the Phoenix airport until the time I got to my home in Hawaii, I was bombarded with signs warning federal mandate. Everyone must wear a mask and stay six feet apart. Hawaii has implemented additional Marxist mandates such as football games are played in empty stadiums. I cannot eat in a restaurant unless I have a COVID-19 vaccination card. Private parties are limited to 10 people. The dictionary definition of mandate is an official order or commission to do something. My personal definitions of mandates are a loss of freedom and a loss of power. The biggest problem with Hawaii is that it is heavily influenced by the Japanese culture. (laughs) Yeah, Um, whatever. The biggest problem with Hawaii is that it is heavily influenced by the Japanese culture. Japanese are the second largest ethnic group in Hawaii, and they are genetically trained not to think, only 
to bow and obey. I know this, for although I am fourth-generation American, I feel my heritage and the Japanese culture in my soul. On a trip to Japan, I was put in a group of American tourists who were led by a tour guide with a whistle and a tiny white flag. He blew his whistle, raised his small white flag, and demanded we follow him on the tour. I refused and left the tour to explore on my own. Again, I am fourth-generation Japanese-American. I have battled my genetic and ethnic heritage every day as an American capitalist. The Miracle of Japan After World War II, Japan rose from the ashes of an atomic bomb blast to become a world megapower. The resurrection of Japan after a devastating war was due to the culture of the people of Japan, the willingness to be led and controlled, the willingness to acquiesce and not challenge the status quo or those in power. In the 1970s, the miracle of Japan reinvaded the United States, this time with dollars, not bombs, buying everything from skyscrapers in New York City to golf courses in Pebble Beach, California, and Waikiki Beach in Hawaii. Let's see. I'm going to take a little sip off of my iced beverage here. <clears throat> okay. By 1990, um, what is these? You know, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's see. So, by 1990, the miracle of Japan was going down in flames, this time destroyed by the destructive power of the U.S. dollar. The Japanese had sold too many Sonys and Toyotas to America. The problem was Japan's banking system could not handle the influx of billions of U.S. dollars. A great book that explains how billions of U.S. dollars destroyed the Japan is... The Dollar Crisis, by macroeconomist and friend Richard Duncan. Richard explains how the U.S. dollar destroyed what was known as the miracle of Japan and how the U.S. dollar is destroying both the United States and the world economy. I'm just going to take a moment to address these um, comments in Colin over here. Only a few of them. No Buck family. Um, I'm not going to turn my camera on just yet, and alpha male, no, I don't consider myself to be any one of those titles or anything like that. I don't, uh, I don't, um, uh, I don't identify with anything. I stand apart. I pledge no allegiances, so I don't identify with alpha male. All right. Um, welcome. Hello. So, hello, Carter, Christina, and Pickle. Pickle Morty. All right, continuing. Uh, by the way, this is reading from a book called The Capitalist Manifesto by Robert T. Kiyosaki. It was, uh, it's a very controversial book. Um, it was published in 2021. 
Robert Kiyosaki has himself become very much more radicalized as he's gotten richer and richer himself in a different way than most people would think that people are getting rich. But here we go. And oh, also on wisdom. Hello, Andrew Johnson. How are you doing? All right, continuing. In 2021, Japan has the world's worst economy, the highest per capita savings rate, the oldest demographics, and the worst debt to GDP ratio in the world. This is what happens when you have extremely intelligent, highly educated, hardworking people, a monoculture trained to obey, to do as they are told rather than think for themselves. This is what is happening to the world when good, highly educated, hardworking, productive people lack real financial education. Japan is known for extremely high quality cars and electronics, but what have they invented since the Sony Walkman? Japan is a culture that replicates and improves great products and makes them available at great prices, but they do not innovate. They do not create. The Japanese are a great people and a great race. I am grateful for the Japanese blood flowing through my veins, for that heritage and culture. Yet as a culture, the Japanese win by following. They smile, bow, obey, and follow. Hawaii puts up with what some see as draconian Marxist mandates because the Japanese culture loves mandates more, it seems, than they love their freedoms. I know some may say that this thinking makes me a racist, yet many other peoples of different races know exactly what I am saying because they say it too. My advantage is I am 100% Japanese, and therefore I can say what other races may think, but dare not say. I am proud of my Japanese heritage. I am proud of my family's samurai heritage. I am a samurai, which is why I joined the U.S. Marines. I state this because too many of us, regardless of race, follow politically imposed mandates at the price of our freedoms and say nothing. As Lenin warned, fascism is capitalism in decay. One of my tweets was recently taken down because I referred to Dr. Anthony Fauci as fascist Fauci. Fascists love mandates and fascists love stealing our freedoms. What is courage? The word courage is derived from the French word le coeur, which means the heart. I write about courage because people need encouragement. People today need to find their courage, the courage that beats in their hearts. Part three of this book is about how our freedoms are being stolen by a fascist government mandate, while for years, if not decades, people say nothing. People are being trained to follow the little man with the whistle and the little white flag, to obey and to say nothing. Anne Rand warned, We are fast approaching the state of ultimate inversion, the state where the government is free to do anything it pleases, while the citizens may act only by permission, which is the stage of the darkest periods of human history, the stage of rule by brute force. A Marine in Solitary Confinement. On August 30th, 2021, Ryan Morgan Stuart Scheller 
the U.S. Marine Lieutenant Colonel who was relieved of his command for posting a video calling out military leadership over their handling of Afghanistan said in a new video that he's not backing down. As I write, in early October, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller is in solitary confinement for speaking out. More mandates. On September 9th, 2021, President Biden issued an executive order, EO, mandating all executive branch federal employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19. From the moment the EO was issued, the National Border Patrol Council, NBPC, instructed its seven attorneys to drop all other matters to study the issue and develop strategies to attack the EO. After spending several days reviewing all pertinent laws and relevant case law, the attorneys determined the EO was legal and that there was no viable avenue of challenge. Ironically, border patrol officers will be fired if they are not vaccinated, yet thousands of undocumented and quite likely unvaccinated aliens enter our country each day. Healthcare workers on the front lines. We've all seen the sobering headlines and news stories in the wake of 2021 COVID-related decisions. New York, September 27th, Reuters. New York hospitals on Monday began firing or suspending healthcare workers for defying a state order to get the COVID-19 vaccine and resulting staff shortages prompted some hospitals to postpone elective surgeries or curtail services. On October 4th, 2021, New York hospitals announced that 100% of their staff are vaccinated. They failed to report that they fired 1,400 workers who refused the vaccine. Repeating Anne Rand's warning, we are fast approaching the state of ultimate inversion, the stage where the government is free to do anything it pleases while the citizens may act only by permission, which is the stage of the darkest periods of human history, the stage of rule by brute force. It seems to all come down to power versus freedom. In part three, we will look at how we can stop losing our power and freedoms to the powers that be who are hurting us with their whistles and their little white flags, their mandates and decrees and EOs, all in the name of governance, and how we are, in many ways, like the Japanese people who are reluctant to push back or challenge the status quo or the agendas of the academic elite. Every day, I think about how today's reality, masks are federally mandated, impacts both our freedoms and our power. Now remember, this is a book about financial literacy and education. It's called The Capitalist Manifesto by Robert Kiyosaki, which of course was written by, in opposition or at least in response to another book that I have in my hands here called The Communist Manifesto, which is actually a lot shorter and a lot less detailed than uh, this book by Robert Kiyosaki, The Capitalist Manifesto. And this is moving on to the next part of part three here, which is called America Wokes Up. Hmm. This is going to be quite controversial. Um, I'm doing fine. Uh, um, thank you, Carter.
Thank you for asking. So this is going to be going to hit a lot more people in a different way. They're probably not going to like. So here goes America Wokes Up. Wokes Up. Language, as I've stated earlier in this book, is more than simply a means by which we communicate. And being crystal clear on how we define the words we use to communicate is essential. A definition of woke, according to Wikipedia and other sources, is woke is a political term originating in the United States referring to a perceived awareness of issues concerning social justice and racial justice. It derives from the African-American vernacular English expression, stay woke, whose grammatical aspect refers to a continuing awareness of these issues. Merriam-Webster's definition and defines it of or as aware of, alert, conscious, and actively attentive to important facts and issues especially issues of racial and social justice. An urban dictionary definition of woke is as being aware of the truth behind things the man doesn't want you to know. Meanwhile, a concurrent definition signals a shift in meaning to the act of being very pretentious about how much you care about a social issue. Virtue signaling anyone? A stranger in a strange land. In January of 1973, I returned to America from Vietnam. I felt like a stranger in a strange land. I had just left one of the most horrifying man-made environments in history, the Vietnam War. Vietnam was a testing ground for new technology and a new type of war, high-tech warfare versus guerrilla warfare. The United States on one side, China and Russia on the other. I was now at home in Hawaii, land of palm trees, hula girls, and Mai Tais. No one seemed to care about what I had just experienced. The Vietnam War was far away and out of mind for most people. I wondered what it was all for. I had lost close friends, friends who had never returned to their homes. Two friends, one a Marine and the other a Navy pilot, both flew the A-6 intruder. Both were MIA. That's missing, missing in action, folks. Their planes or their bodies have never been found. I had one classmate, an Air Force F-4 Phantom pilot, a POW who was a prisoner in the Hanoi Hilton. He was released after the war ended. I had three classmates who were drafted, fought on the ground, and returned alive yet troubled from all that they had experienced. One high school classmate, Louis, a gentle soul, was a draftee, not a volunteer. He was reportedly shot in the back. As the story goes, he turned and ran when the shooting started, and his own lieutenant shot him. As a warning to the rest of the troops, Louis should never have gone to war. He should have worked in a pet shop. Dirty Harry, what do you mean, what happened to your room, sir? I don't know. All right. <clears throat> Most of my, my male classmates dodged the Vietnam War with student deferments. They stayed in college or went on to graduate school. My point here is that when I returned home, 
from one of the most horrifying environments anyone could face, and no one seemed to care. No one talked about it. There was no, welcome home. No, thank you for your service. It wasn't so much that we expected it. More that there was just no acknowledgement that Americans were putting their lives on the line for their country and the freedoms we stood for. In 1973, after four years at the academy studying Marx, Hitler, Stalin, Lenin, and Mao, then flying and fighting communism in Vietnam, buying gold after Nixon took the U.S. dollar off the gold standard, and returning home only to be spit on by peaceful hippie protesters, I woke up. As Khrushchev warned in 1959, you Americans are so gullible. America goes to sleep. You Americans are so gullible. In 1974, I drove out the main gate of the Marine base for the last time, returned my last salute, and entered the world of business. Immediately, I began to see Marx's communist manifesto and Khrushchev's warning playing out all around me. Working in downtown Honolulu for the Xerox Corporation, I sensed people were being taught to be Marxist, but did not know it. I sensed that most people had no idea what was going on, or, for that matter, what was coming in the future. I remembered my teacher at the academy who had us discuss Lenin's warning. There are decades where nothing happens, and there are weeks where decades happen. Marx had a long-term plan. One, democracy. Two, socialism. Three, communism. Marx warned, democracy is the road to socialism. Once socialism was in place, communists would kill the socialists. Question, is that why the death tolls are in the millions? Answer, yes. Vilfredo Pareto. 1848 to 1923, was an Italian engineer, sociologist, economist, and libertarian capitalist, famous for Pareto's 80-20 rule. He warned, when it is useful to them, men can believe a theory of which they know nothing more than its name. Question. <laughs> do you mean most people do not know the difference between democracy, socialism, and communism? Correct. Pareto also warned, Whoever becomes a lamb will find a wolf to eat. And question, is that why socialists are killed by communists? Yes, that is what history tells us. Lenin, Stalin, Hitler, and Mao were all mass murderers who got their own people to do their killing. All were socialists first. Little Atrocities Earlier in this book, I wrote about Hitler's use of little atrocities, such as mandating that Jews wear yellow stars. Today, as I've said, I have a yellow star on my driver's license, and everyone is being pressured into wearing a mask and getting vaccinated. Remember, Nazi stands for National Socialist German Workers' Party, and USSR stands for Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. China is the PRC, People's Republic of China. America Wokes Up. By April of 1975, I was in the rat race of Honolulu, learning to sell and climbing the corporate ladder. I stayed in touch with the war through friends who were still in Vietnam. One friend, 
a Marine Lieutenant Grunt, a ground Marine, was shot in the head on his second tour and fortunately recovered. On April 30th, 1975, the Vietnam War finally ended when a NVA tank broke down the gate to the U.S. Embassy in Saigon. It broke my heart to see these pictures while I was working in downtown Honolulu. A co-worker at Xerox, standing in a bar with a beer in hand, shook his head in disbelief and said, How can this be happening? I thought we were winning the war. As Khrushchev said, your Americans are so gullible. In 1975, photos, as the ones above, were everywhere in the news. The photos showed a helicopter being pushed over the side of the roof to make room for other helicopters. The helicopters were flown by South Vietnamese army pilots, fleeing death or torture at the hands of the communist North Vietnamese. As they say, a picture is worth a thousand words. The helicopter on the right in the photo on the previous page is not a military helicopter. It is an Air America, a.k.a. CIA helicopter. The CIA aircraft obviously could not carry all the panicked military personnel who wanted a ride to freedom. The Air America pilot is pushing people back, waiting for VIPs, American diplomats, a.k.a. spies. Today, in 2021, we have the debacle in Afghanistan with a chaotic mass evacuation that put American lives at risk and left billions of dollars in military equipment purchased with U.S. taxpayer dollars behind in Afghanistan in the hands of our enemies. The world has witnessed an erosion of both confidence and trust in the United States by its allies and the world. Jobs for Boat People When America abandoned the people of Vietnam, Thousands became boat people. Between 1978 and 1983, my little nylon surfer wallet company provided jobs for about 35 of those boat people. They were by far the best workers we ever hired. They were grateful for freedom and a job. Today, in 2021, millions of small business owners cannot find workers because our government pays people not to work. If that's not Marxism, I don't know what is. Many people know that MMT, Marxist, I mean Modern Monetary Theory, or UBI, Universal Basic Income, is coming. Another little atrocity, as, Max, as Marx warned, this is the, the last capitalist we hang shall be the one who sold us the rope. And Jordan Peterson said, Marx did not love poor people. Marx hated rich people. Happy 100th birthday! The year 2021 marks the 100th anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party. Pause, yeah, I was there when that happened. I was in uh, China in 2021 and saw the 100th birthday of the Communist Party celebrations everywhere. As a matter of fact, I was part of some of those celebrations. Because when in China, do as the Chinese. On August 14, 1945, Japan surrendered. Japan gave up Korea, and on August 15, 1948, the Republic of South Korea is formed. The Democratic, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea was formed less than a month later. World War II ended, and the Cold War began. The hmm, Marxist Communism Manifesto was spreading across the world. 
The Domino Theory of Communism. On April 7, 1954, President Eisenhower warned that if Vietnam fell to communism, the rest of Southeast Asia would soon follow. Dwight D. Eisenhower, a five-star general and 34th president of the United States, warned, Finally, you have broader considerations that might follow what you would call the falling domino principle. You have a row of dominoes set up. You knock over the first one, and what will happen to the last one is the certainty that it will go over very quickly. So you could have a beginning of a disintegration that would have the most profound influences. Marx warned. The communists everywhere support every revolutionary movement against the existing social and political order of things. They openly declare that their ends can be attained only after by the forcible overthrow of all existing social conditions. In 1962, my family and I witnessed the detonation of an atomic bomb from our kitchen window. It looked like someone had poured blood in the sky. In August of 1965, I left Hawaii for the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy, where I studied Marx, Lenin, Hitler, Stalin, and Mao. In 1966, I sailed into Vietnam on board an old World War II victory ship carrying bombs for the war in Vietnam. In January of 1972, I was flying off a carrier in the South China Sea. In 1975, I watched on television as helicopters were being pushed off the side of a carrier in the South China Sea. History repeats itself. In August of 2021, my heart breaks and my gut churns as I watch history repeat itself in Afghanistan. I feel for the thousands of men and women who lost their lives or limbs. I feel for their families. I feel for the millions of Afghanis who supported the U.S. They supported the U.S. Many loyal Afghans have been or will be killed, tortured, or placed in re-education camps. Afghanistan is another notch in communism's belt. A tale of betrayal. In 2021, America once again betrayed the people who trusted us. Millions of Afghans, especially the Northern Alliance, fought fearlessly for America. The Northern Alliance, officially known as the United Islamic National Front for the Salvation of Afghanistan, has fought against the Taliban for decades. In 2021, the Northern Alliance was abandoned by America. Then Americans wonder, why does America lose to communism? After Vietnam and now Afghanistan, can America be trusted? With America out of that war, I am concerned that the spread of communism will accelerate. What will be next? My concern is that Taiwan, South Korea, Mexico, El Salvador, Peru, Argentina, South Africa, Zimbabwe, Ukraine, Poland, Bulgaria, and Estonia may be next. Interesting. Some of those countries are part of BRICS. Continuing. Here are some of Marx's thoughts on freedom. Do not be deluded by the abstract word freedom. Whose freedom? Not the freedom of one individual in relation to another, but freedom of capital to crush the worker. Marx's position. The theory of communism may be summed up in one sentence. Abolish all private property. 
When I asked my rich dad what the abolition of private property looked like, he simply drew this familiar diagram. Huh. Assets all crossed out. Marks warned. Landlords, like all other men, love to reap where they never sowed. My rich dad was rich because he was a landlord. My poor dad had no assets. He was a government employee and was counting on the government for medical and retirement benefits. Question, is this what Marx wants, to keep people dependent? Is this why there is no financial education in our schools? Answer, my job is to pose questions, questions that get you thinking, and then ask more questions. These are some questions you should be asking yourself. In 1975, after witnessing the fall of Vietnam, I began telling close friends that I could see communism seeping into our lives. Most did not want to listen to my warning. A few accused me of McCarthyism. McCarthyism is named for Senator Joseph R. McCarthy, a little-known junior senator from Wisconsin until February 1950, when he claimed to possess a list of 205 card-carrying communists employed in the U.S. Department of State. From that moment, Senator McCarthy became a tireless crusader against communism in the early 1950s, a period that has been commonly referred to as the Red Scare. As chairman of the Senate, as chairman of the Senate Permanent Investigation Subcommittee, Senator McCarthy conducted hearings on communist subversion in America and investigated alleged communist infiltration of the armed forces. His subsequent exile from politics co coincided with a conversion of his name into a modern English noun, McCarthyism. Senator McCarthy was censored by the U.S. Senate on December 2nd, 1954, and died May 2nd, 1957. In 1974, I was advised to keep my political views to myself, but I refused to be censored. I continue to exercise my freedom of speech. These words, often attributed to, of Edmund Burke, heralded a warning. All that is necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. In 2021, America began woking up to people doing nothing. Professor Jordan Peterson warned, and if you think tough men are dangerous, wait until you see what weak men are capable of. Today, millions of weak men and women, dubbed the mob and the cowardly cancel culture, attack from behind the safety of a computer screen. Cowards have gained power thanks to social media. They exercise their freedom of speech, yet deny you that same freedom. These are the weak men and women of whom Jordan Peterson warns. Cancer in education. In 2021, America is also waking up to the cancer in education. In 2020, I was listening to a talk by Professor Gad Sayad discussing, one, Black Lives Matter, two, critical race theory, three, Antifa, four, postmodernist education. All four organizations openly acknowledge their Marxist roots. These are not Professor Sayad's exact words, but I am stating what I heard. Fundamentally, he is saying Marxism is a cancer, a cancer that is metastasizing throughout America and the world.
The definition of metastasize is when something spread to other parts of a body, a culture, or an institution. In 2020, Professor Gad Sayad warned, so where do these idea pathogens come from? They all come from the university ecosystem. As Gad Sayad warns, an analysis of political campaign donations across a broad range of industries uncovered that the foremost liberal professions in decreasing order were the entertainment industry, academia, online computer services, and newspapers and print media. As Lenin warned, whenever the cause of the people is entrusted to professors, it is lost. The cancer that is metastasizing is the cancer Professor Gad Sayad calls idea pathogens or parasitic ideas. I call them socialist, Marxist, and communist idea pathogens. These cancers are spread from school teachers to children. Marx warned. The education of all children from the moment that they can get along without the mother's care shall be in state institutions. Lenin warned, give us a child for eight years and it will be a Bolshevik forever. What is a Bolshevik? Here's a definition. A Bolshevik is a member of the majority faction of the Russian Social Democratic Party, which was renamed the Communist Party after seizing power in the Bolshevik Revolution of 1917. Education's cancer spreads into religion. Marx had this to say about Christianity. The domestic concept of man is false because it is Christian. The democratic concept holds that each man is a sovereign being. This is the illusion, dream, and postulate of Christianity. He warned, we know that violent measures against religion are nonsense. But this is an opinion. As socialism grows, religion will disappear. Its disappearance must be done by social development, in which education must play a part. Barack Obama's minister. Think about this from the Moguldom Nation, July 29, 2019. The Reverend Jeremiah Wright is the former pastor of Trinity United Church of Christ in Chicago which he began to lead in 1971. He is credited with transforming the church of 250 members into the largest in the United Church of Christ denomination. Wright is known for incorporating black liberation ideology into his sermons. And this, among other things, attracted the likes of Barack Obama and Oprah Winfrey. The title of Obama's 2006 memoir, The Audacity of Hope, was inspired by one of Wright's sermons. This sermon also inspired themes for Obama's 2004 keynote address to the Democratic National Convention. A video surfaced of one of Reverend Wright's sermons in which he said, let me leave you with one more thing. Not God bless America, God damn America. That's in the Bible for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating her citizens as less than humans. God damn America as long as she keeps trying to act like she is God and she is supreme. It was Vladimir Lenin who warned, We can and must write in a language which sows among the masses hate, revulsion, and scorn toward those who disagree with us. And Thomas Sowell who said, 
Over the generations, black leaders have ranged from noble souls to shameless charlatans. Understandably, Obama and Oprah had to sever ties with Reverend Wright, even though he married Michelle and Barack and baptized their daughters. Although Wright has retired, he has stayed in the media spotlight off and on. In 2010, Wright countered the distancing by saying, Obama threw me under the bus and added that Obama was toxic to the White House. In 2021, we see many churches advertising they support Black Lives Matter. Although Marx warned, the social principles of Christianity preach cowardice, self-contempt, abasement, submission, humility. In a word, all the qualities of a canal. Canile means the common people, the masses. Its origin in French from the Italian word canalia, meaning pack of dogs. Education's cancer turns the human race into racism. Growing up in Hawaii, a multiracial culture, I was taught that all lives matter, a melting pot for many cultures and ethnic backgrounds, and home to lush and abundant plant life and oceans filled with living creatures of all shapes and sizes. The environment in which I grew up put a value on all forms of life. All life mattered. In 2020, rather than showing respect for the human race, I see Black Lives Matter turning humans into racists. That's why I find it interesting that many proponents and those in leadership with the Black Lives Matter and the critical race theory movement report to be followers of Marx. I think most would agree that Marx was a racist. In 1965, at the Academy, my roommate was Thomas W. Jackson III, an African-American from Washington, D.C. In Hawaii, I had no black classmates because there was only one black family in Hilo, and their children were younger than me. Having Tom Jackson as a roommate for a year was an eye-opening education into the spiritual disease known as racial prejudice. Ironically, Tom broke up with his girlfriend soon after starting at King's Point. Tom let me read her Dear Tom letter to him. She broke up with Tom because he was not attending Howard University, a private, federally chartered, historically black university that she was attending. According to his girlfriend, Tom was not black enough. Tom and I spent many hours over that year discussing race. Race. Are you a racist? In today's woke culture. If you say you're not a racist, you're a racist. If you say nothing, you're a racist. And if you're white and say nothing, you're a racist. You're a racist and a white supremacist. I've been accused of being both a racist and a white supremacist, which I find interesting and sad in many ways especially since those labeling me do not know me and, in some cases, have personal agendas that are supported by that narrative. I ask myself time and again, how did we get to this point? Thomas Sowell warns, the word racism is like ketchup. It can be put on practically anything, and demanding evidence makes you a racist. Candace Owen warns, play the black card expertly and you can win awards, make millions. 
all the while claiming that the people who got you there somehow hate you. In August of 2021, Larry Elder, an American conservative talk radio host, author, politician, attorney, and African-American candidate for governor of California, was accused by the Los Angeles Times of being the white face of black supremacy. Larry Elder says, the formula for achieving middle-class success is simple. Finish high school, don't have a child before the age of 20, and get married before having a child. Who is a racist? In my opinion, in our world today, it is the person who accuses someone of being a racist who is a racist. Thomas Sowell also warned, racism is not dead, but it is on life support, kept alive by politicians, race hustlers, and people who get a sense of superiority by denouncing others as racist. Education's cancer spreads into our freedom of speech. Marx did not have much to say about free speech. He was more focused on class struggles and the overthrow of society. Lenin, on the other hand, had a lot to say about free speech. Lenin warned, free speech is a bourgeois prejudice. Bourgeois is another word for middle-class capitalist. Rather than allow other people to voice their points of view, Lenin advised, it is, it is of course much easier to shout, abuse, and howl than to attempt to relate, to explain. And as Professor Gad Sayad warns, these politically correct language initiatives are misguided and harmful. They create highly entitled professional victims who expect to be free from any offense, and they engender a stifling atmosphere where all individuals walk on eggshells lest they might commit a linguistic capital crime. Professor Jordan Peterson warns, intolerance of others' views, no matter how ignorant or incoherent they may be, is not simply wrong in a world where there is no right or wrong. It is worse. It is a sign you are embarrassingly unsophisticated or possibly dangerous. Teaching racism is not free speech. Teaching racism, disguised as critical race theory, is teaching hate. And critical race theory is teaching and promoting division, not diversity. Teaching critical race theory is a Marxist agenda, dividing the United States of America. It's time America woke up to what teachers are teaching, and time we look into the National Education Association and the American Federation of Teachers, the richest and most powerful labor unions in America. Because Karl Marx warned, without the, prejudice, without the presence of class warfare, trade unions would be hard to put to justify their existence. Trade unions would be hard to put to justify their existence. America is not systemically racist. America is systemically capitalist, a democratic republic dedicated to the freedom of speech, free enterprise, life, liberty, and the pursuit, not the guarantee, of the American dream. America is not a Marxist utopia, the land where everyone gets a trophy. In the words of Vilfredo Pareto, the assertion that men are objectively equal is so absurd that it does not even merit being refuted. If all men were created equal, I would look like Brad Pitt, play golf like Tiger Woods, and sing like Sting of the police. 
It's time for America to woke up to what our teachers are teaching in our schools. Education's cancer spreads into the press. Joseph Stalin warned, the press must grow day in and day out. It is our party's sharpest and most powerful weapon. The 1619 Project. The New York Times ran a special 100-page edition of its August 2019 issue of its Sunday magazine promoting the 1619 Project. The project presents and interprets American history entirely through the prism of race and racial conflict. The occasion for this publication is the 400th anniversary of the initial arrival of 20 African slaves at Point Comfort in Virginia, a British colony in North America. On the very next day, the slaves were traded for food. The project, according to the Times, intends to change history. The New York Times' goal is to reframe America's history. The Times promotes 1619 as America's true founding. The 1619 Project takes places the consequences of slavery and the contributions of black Americans at the very center of America's founding. That is why statues of Christopher Columbus are being desecrated. The New York Times intends to change history by writing a new narrative. And it was Marx who warned, take away a nation's heritage and they are more easily persuaded. The project is so full of lies, emotional untruths, and opinions that the world socialist website WSWS.org warned. Despite the pretense of establishing the United States' true foundation, the 1619 Project is a politically motivated falsification of history. Its aim is to create a historical narrative that legitimizes the effort of the Democratic Party to construct an electoral coalition based on the prioritizing of personal identities, i.e. gender, sexual preference, ethnicity, and, above all, race. Education's cancer spreads into the Second Amendment. Whenever I hear this battle cry, defund the police, I ask myself if any one of the protesters has considered the consequences of doing that. Lenin warned, one man with a gun can control 100 without one. As did Mao. Hold on. <clears throat> As did Mao. <laughs> all political power comes from the barrel of a gun. The Communist Party must command all the guns. That way, no guns can ever be used to command the party. Lenin also stated, You must act with all energy. Mass searches, execution for concealing arms, arming the Taliban. While liberals in America want to defund the police and deny Americans their Second Amendment rights, the Biden administration's disgraceful retreat from Afghanistan placed over half a million weapons into the hands of the Taliban. This is not a political statement, merely a statement of fact that has been well documented.
You and I know those same U.S.-made weapons will be smuggled back into the United States and into countries around the world, potentially murdering millions of innocent people. Lenin warned, one of the basic conditions for the victory of socialism is the arming of the workers, communists, and the disarming of the bourgeoisie, the middle class. Education's cancer spreads into Hollywood. As an actor, Ronald Reagan was known as a staunch anti-communist. Many people are unaware that this anti-communist reputation began years before he became president of the United States. President Reagan began his anti-communist crusade as the president of the Screen Actors Guild of America. Interesting, in my opinion, that Lenin referenced cinema when he cautioned, of all the arts, for us, the cinema is the most important. Hollywood's Screen Actors Guild was a breeding ground for Marx and his propaganda. The more Reagan spoke out against communism in Hollywood, the more acting jobs coming his way began to dwindle. Eventually, he was forced into television. Forced into television? Wow, that's so terrible. You got forced out of the movies and then into television and then became president of the United States. Poor Reagan. Continuing with the blender. The political statements in the entertainment industry inspired Ronald Reagan to run for governor of California and eventually president of the United States. One of Reagan's most powerful roles was president of the United States. And on June 2nd, 1987, President Reagan stood at the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin and issued an international challenge to Communist Party Secretary Mikhail Gorbachev. Reagan warned, Behind me stands a wall that encircles the free sectors of this city, part of a vast system of barriers that divides the entire continent of Europe. Standing before the Brandenburg Gate, every man is a German, separated from his fellow men. Every man is a Berliner, forced to look upon the scar. As long as this gate is closed, as long as this scar of a wall is permitted to stand, it is not the German question alone that remains open, but the question of freedom for all mankind. General Secretary Gorbachev, if you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalization, come here to this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Two years later, in 1989, the Berlin Wall came down. Not surprisingly, there are still some who say that communists still run Hollywood. Many liberals work for government organizations, non NGOs, non-government organizations, charities, political action committees, committees, and many other types of nonprofit do-good, feel-good organizations. Most do-gooders actually do good work, but like Marx, most do not know how to make money. So, who are more generous, liberals or conservatives? Thomas Sowell found. People who identify themselves as conservatives donate money to charity more often than people who identify themselves as liberals. They donate more money and a higher percentage of their incomes. Unfortunately, 
many ultra-rich donate to radical liberal causes. For example, mega-billionaire George Soros' money and fingerprints are all over organizations that support initiatives like defunding the police. According to records filed with the Federal Election Commission and the Washington Free Beacon, billionaire George Soros regularly backs Democratic congressional candidates and attorneys general, donated $1 million to the Color of Change PAC, a defund the police political action committee. The PAC describes itself as the nation's largest online racial justice organization. Soros continues to fund defund the police organizations all over the world although violent crime escalates. And then there's Jeff Bezos and his ownership of the Washington Post. Education's cancer spreads into the economy. Communists blame capitalists for the gap between rich and poor. Communists blame capitalists for income inequality. Communists blame capitalists for homelessness. These are the lies of socialists, Marxists, and communists. Socialist, Marxist, and communist are the cause of income equality, the gap between the rich and poor. For Marx's communist manifesto to succeed, economic and social unrest are essential. Socialists, Marxists, and communists are the real people who cause the real poverty in the world. Keeping it simple, K-I-S-S, keeping it super simple. Capitalists create prosperity. Communists create poverty. Question, why do Marxists want poverty? Answer, two reasons as I see it. Reason number one, Marx was a poor, angry, academic elite intellectual. He needed someone to blame for his financial poverty. In his own words, Marx was a loser. On January 8, 1863, he wrote, The devil alone knows why nothing but ill luck could dog everyone in our circle just now. I no longer know which way to turn either. My attempts to raise money in France and Germany have come to naught, and it might, of course, have been foreseen that 15 pounds couldn't help stem the avalanche for more than a couple of weeks. Aside from the fact that no one will let us have anything on credit, save for the butcher and the baker, which will also cease at the end of this week, I am being donned for the school fees, the rent, and the whole gang of them. Those who got a few pounds on account cunningly pocketed them, only to fall upon me with redoubled vigor. On top of that, the children have no clothes or shoes in which to go out. In short, all hell is let loose. Question. Is this why Marx hated capitalists and capitalism? Because he was a financial loser? Answer. I suggest you reread Marx's own words and decide for yourself. Then it's your informed opinion, not mine. Reason number two. Marx needed people to be poor and angry like he was, so he could cause a revolution. Marx warned, the class struggle necessarily leads to the dictatorship of the proletariat. The definition of proletariat is workers or working class people, the lowest class of citizen in ancient Rome. Question, was Marx proposing a government run by poor people? Answer, yes, 
poor people, academic intellectuals just like him. Who causes poverty? Why do I say that socialists, Marxists, and communists are the cause of income inequality, the gap between rich and poor? That's an easy answer. Bailout is the name of the game. Earlier in this book, I mentioned the creature from Jekyll Island, a.k.a. the Fed. I stated that bankers of the world can bail out if they get into trouble. The poor and middle class declare bankruptcy. As Bucky Fuller warned, they're playing games with money. The rules of the game of money are different for the rich, poor, and middle class. The question is, who designed the creature from Jekyll Island? Jim Rickards writes, in 2008, the central banks bailed out Wall Street. In the next crisis, who is going to bail out the big banks? In other words, each crisis gets bigger than the one before. Each bailout gets bigger than the one before. We're now to the point where we've exceeded the capacity of the central banks to save the day. Lenin warned, the establishment of a central bank is 90% of communizing a nation. <laughs> In 1913, the United States Federal Reserve Bank was formed. The Fed is a central bank. The Fed is America's third central bank. Keep in mind that the Fed is not a U.S. nor is it a bank. It is a central bank. The Fed is part of a global banking cartel. Communism begins with central control of the economy. That is why the Fed is essential to Marx's Communist Manifesto, the Declaration of Independence. Thomas Jefferson, 1743 to 1826, was the third president of the United States. And not only was Jefferson a signer on the Declaration of Independence, he is also considered the primary driver behind the Declaration of Independence. Thomas Jefferson warned, if the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and corporations that will grow up around the banks will deprive the people of all property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. The issuing power should be taken from the banks and restored to the people to whom it properly belongs. I sincerely believe that banking establishments are more dangerous than standing armies, and that the principle of spending money to be paid by posterity under the name of funding is but swindling futurity on a large scale. Congressman and Republican candidate for President of the United States, Ron Paul agrees. In his book, End the Fed, Paul warns, first reason is, it's not authorized in the Constitution. It's an illegal institution. The second reason, it's an immoral institution because we have delivered to a secretive body the privilege of creating money out of thin air. If you or I did it, we'd be called counterfeiters. So why have legalized counterfeiting? But the economic reasons are overwhelming. The Federal Reserve is the creature that steals value. In the words of George Washington, Paper money has had the effect in your state that it will ever have to ruin commerce, 
oppress the honest, and open the door to every species of fraud and injustice. In her book, Fed Up, an insider's take on why the Federal Reserve is bad for America, Danielle D. Martino both Booth warns, so what's her name? Danielle D. Martino Booth warns, the Fed's relatively enhanced standing among the public has been aided by the fact that the Fed has always paid a great deal of attention to soothing the people in the media and buying up most of its likely critics. Another important book is by Nomi Prinz. Her book is titled Collusion, How Central Bankers Rake the World, 2018. Nomi writes, I quit Wall Street and decided that it was time to talk more about what was going on inside it, as it had changed. I had become far more sinister, or it had become far more sinister and far more dangerous. I know Nomi personally. She has more brains, guts, and tenacity than most of the men I have done business with on Wall Street. She is a woman of deeds, not words. She quit her job as a Wall Street insider and traveled the world investigating and interviewing central bankers. Her findings support Bucky Fuller's 1983 book, Grunch of the Giants. Her book, Collusion, is both infuriating and alarming. Question. Hello, Jenny. How you doing? And uh, <clears throat> how you doing, guys? In uh, Colin here, and uh, let me take a moment for a second. <sighs> a good break is good. Let's see. Um, uh, on Wisdom, uh, thank you for passing through or sitting a spell. Here's Miss Arbuckle, Marcy Ann, Andrew Johnson, Lois Hampson, uh, Chittawin Empire, Sharon, Michael J., Roy, Reggie, Cecilia Grace, Ray Davis, Terry Thompson, John Wojcicki, Daryl with the Dashes, uh, Life, Love, Lessons, and Tara. Hello, and uh, hello, Pickle, Jenny, and who's this? On Colin, Fulfillment, Obi, Fulfillment, Obi. Hello. All right, I got to continue. Okay, here we go. Question, is that why the Fed and the tax department were created in 1913? Answer, yes, fake money cannot exist without fake taxes. Fake money is why the stock market is at all-time highs. After the outbreak of COVID-19, CEOs are using fake money to keep their share prices high. Question, is that why you and former SEC attorney Tom Seidel co-wrote Who Stole My Pension in 2020? Answer, it is. That book goes behind the scenes of labor union officials, government officials, and Wall Street. If you or someone you love has a pension, Who Stole My Pension is an eye-opening book. Best to prepare now. My fellow Marines who got jobs flying for United Airlines lost everything in United in United's Union pension. Too old to continue flying, many are still struggling financially. Thomas Sowell warned us, one of the common failings among honorable people is a failure to appreciate how thoroughly dishonorable some other people can be and how dangerous it is to trust him, as did Jim Rickards. It may be too late to save the dollar, but it's not too late to preserve wealth. We live in an ersatz money system that has reached its end stage. Question, will pensions have to be bailed out? Answer, that might be something you want to research and study so you can decide that for yourself. 
If I had a pension, I would be worried. I am always concerned about things I do not or cannot control. Pensions are part of grunge, the shadow banking system, and the swamp that President Trump was draining. America is born. In 1913, the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, was created when the 16th Amendment was passed. Let us confirm this for a moment since I have a copy of the United States Constitution in my possession. Let's open it up. Oh, look, it happens to be marked by a bookmark. Let's take a look at that. Hmm, what does it say? Amendment XVI, that's 16, ladies and gentlemen, and Roman numerals. And underneath that it says, the 16th Amendment was ratified February 3rd, 1913. And it reads, Section 2, the Congress, oh, sorry, not Section 2, that's the part of 15. Let's look at, uh, the 16th Amendment was ratified February 3rd, 1913. And it reads, the Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived without appointment among the several states and without regard to any census or enumeration. Once again, the Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived without apportionment among the several states and without regard to any census or enumeration. That means they're going to take it whether you like it or not. Although in tax-free wealth, uh, a book by one of Rich Dad's advisors. Um, rule number one about taxes is it's your money, not the government's. Right? Let's take a look at what that says. It's your money, not the government's. So rule number one and two. It's your money, not the government's is rule number one. And rule number two, the tax law is written primarily to reduce your taxes. Why is that? Because 99.5% of the U.S. tax code is written for you to legally avoid paying taxes, while the only half a percent of it is written to enforce that. Let's take a, let's take a look at this. Let's read what Tax-Free Wealth has to say about that, taking a little quick hiatus away from the Capitalist Manifesto by Robert Kiyosaki. It says this, and this is written by Tom Wheelwright, who's a CPA and a CPA for Robert Kiyosaki. It says, you may not realize this, but it's true. The tax laws are written to reduce your taxes, not to increase them. In the United States, for example, there are over 5,800 pages of tax law. Only about 30 pages are devoted to raising taxes. One line, section 61A says, Except as otherwise provided in this subtitle, gross income means all income from whatever source derived. Oh, that sounds a lot like the Constitution. <clears throat> right? Isn't that what it said? Yeah. The Congress in the U.S. Constitution says, The Congress have shall power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived. Hmm, same wording. So, so one line, section 61A says, Except as otherwise provided in this subtitle, gross income means all income from whatever source derived. There are then several pages of tax rates and a few other miscellaneous tables. The remaining 5,770 pages are devoted entirely to reducing your taxes. In other words, 0.5% of the tax code is devoted to raising taxes, and the remaining 99.5% exists solely for the purpose of saving you money. So here's rule number two. The tax law is written primarily to reduce your taxes. Remember rule number one? It's your money, not the government's.
Let's continue with The Capitalist Manifesto by Robert T. Kiyosaki, written in 2021, or at least published then. And continue to see what he has to say here. Mm. All right. America is born. I'm going to go back a little bit. In 1913, the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, was created when the 16th Amendment was passed. It's worth noting that America's real founding date was not 1619. The real America was founded in 1773, the year Americans disguised as Indians held a party dumping English tea into the Boston Harbor. The Boston Tea Party was a tax revolt, and America was born. Marx warned, a heavier progressive or graduated income tax is necessary for the proper development of communism. Lenin warned, taxes are the source of life for the bureaucracy, the army, and the court. In short, for the whole apparatus of the executive power, strong government and heavy taxes are identical. Destroying the dollar, money, power, and freedom so intertwined. Whenever I look at the strength of the U.S. dollar, I think of Lenin's words of warning. The best way to destroy the capitalist system is to debauch the currency. In 1971, President Richard Nixon took the U.S. dollar off the gold standard. Inflation took off. In 1971, just as Lenin warned, the U.S. dollar was being debauched. Lenin also warned. The way to crush the bourgeoisie is to grind them between the millstones of taxation and inflation. Once the dollar was no longer backed by gold, the Marxists could fulfill Lenin's prophetic warning. They could now cause inflation by printing money. In 2020, after the economy was shut down, the Fed and Treasury began printing trillions of dollars. Question, is that why you flew behind enemy lines in 1972 to buy gold? Answer, yes, it's the same reason why I began investing in Bitcoin in 2020. In 1972, a Vietnamese woman taught me that gold and silver are God's money, money made by God. Bitcoin is people's money. I disagree with the uh, God's money thing, but he's making some good points about it. God's money is nature. It's uh, fresh air, clean water, and healthy food. Things that come from the earth and the sky. Continuing though. Gold, silver, and Bitcoin are not controlled by a central bank, the Fed. Sir, you need to read Babylon's Banksters, Robert Kiyosaki. I think you might change your mind. All right. Um, I'm not suggesting you invest in gold, silver, and Bitcoin. That is your decision. I just state what I do. As I wrote about in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and other books in the Rich Dad series, savers are losers. Since 1972, I have not saved U.S. dollars. Today, when I need money, I use debt, pay as little as legally possible in taxes, and save gold, silver, and Bitcoin. By the way... I do have what he calls God's money, but um, it's only because it's pretty. Jim Rickards warns, from its creation in 1913, 
The most important Fed mandate has been to maintain the purchasing power of the dollar. However, since 1913, the dollar has lost over 95% of its value. Put differently, it takes $20 today to buy what $1 would buy in 1913. Question. Is that why after September 17, 2019, by the way, my birthday, is that why after September 17, 2019, the one of the worst birthdays of my... Oh, God. Okay. Question. Is that why after September 17, 2019, the crash in the repo market, which did not make the news, followed by COVID-19, your senses went on red alert? I feel like he's asking himself these questions. Answer. Yes. Then came the market crashes, shutting down small businesses, race riots, CRT taught in schools, impeachment of Donald Trump, fake elections, burning of cities, defunding the police, school closures due to COVID-19, mandating masks and vaccines, fake news coverage, Fed and Treasury printing trillions in fake money, fake stock market, pensions looted as baby boomers retire, the fall of Afghanistan, and the list goes on. I suspected Lenin's warning was coming true. There are decades where nothing happens, and then there are weeks where decades happen. My red alert brought together warnings from Senator Joseph McCarthy, Congressman Ron Paul, and Presidents Eisenhower and Reagan. We were warned. Thomas Sowell, too, warned. One of the common failings among honorable people is a failure to appreciate how thoroughly dishonorable some other people can be and how dangerous it is to trust them. Reparations. And Hitler's rise to power. Heil! In 2020, Black Lives Matter is beating the drum for reparations, for paying blacks for wages not paid during slavery. The irony is the reparations will be paid to people who were never slaves by people who never owned slaves. Before America agrees to paying reparations, it might be timely to look at history for lessons. Hitler rose to power after the end of World War I and the Treaty of Versailles was signed in 1918. The Treaty of Versailles required the German people to pay reparations to the winning nations. The problem was, Germany was so devastated it could not produce, could not export, and could not pay reparations. To keep their agreement, the German government, the Weimar Republic, began printing trillions in Reichsmark. That led to hyperinflation, starvation, civil unrest, and the rise of Adolf Hitler, who was a private in World War I. Due to reparations, the printing of money, and the failure of the German economy in 1933, Hitler was elected Chancellor of Germany, and we all know what happened next. In 1933, Hitler warned, as a matter of fact, the policy of reparations could only be financed by German efforts. To the same extent as Germany, for the sake of reparations, was regarded in the light of an international exporting concern. The export of the creditor nations was bound to suffer. The economic benefit accruing from the reparation payments could therefore never make a good damage, which the system of reparations inflicted upon the individual economic system. 
World War II began on September 1st, 1939, with the German invasion of Poland. I've got to get my Hitler accent better. I can't switch from Russian to, uh, to German too well right now. Yeah, let's see. Hitler was a racist. Really, you don't say. Hitler hated the Jewish community and wanted to erase them from the face of the earth. A rough estimate points that around 11 million people died during the terror reign of Hitler, including 6 million Jews. Question. Beyond 2021, will there be inflation or deflation? Answer. Both, most likely. If the rise of Hitler is any indicator, first there will be hyperinflation followed by depression, then a crash in the economy. Jim Rickards uses John Maynard Keynes' definition of a depression. John Maynard Keynes' definition of depression as a chronic condition of subnormal activity for a considerable period without any marked tendency either towards recovery or towards complete collapse. Jim also warns, in the fullness of time, the 2020 lockdown of the U.S. economy will be viewed as the greatest policy blunder ever. Lost wealth and income will be measured in trillions of dollars. In his book, The New Great Depression, Jim warns that COVID-19 will lead to the greatest economic collapse in U.S. history. Answer or question. Is Jim Ricketts correct? Answer. I'm not sure that's the most important question. Jim, who has run currency war games for the Defense Department and CIA, knows more than most people about war games with money. The better question to ask yourself is, if Jim is right and the greatest economic collapse in history is coming, the woke question is, what will you do? In 1972, when the tiny Vietnamese woman woke me up, I began saving gold and silver, not dollars, and today, Bitcoin. Again, what will you do? Is history repeating? Hitler rose to power in 1933 after the German Weimar government, kept printing money, pretending they were paying for World War I reparations. In 2021, the Fed, Treasury, and Wall Street keep printing money, pretending the U.S. economy is strong. Jim Rickards warns, gold is the world's least understood asset class. Confusion arises because gold is traded like a commodity, yet gold is not a commodity, it's money. Central banks and finance ministries do not hold copper, aluminum, or steel supplies, yet they hold gold. The only explanation for central bank gold hoards is the obvious one. Gold is money. Jim saves things that last. He invests in gold, real estate, and museum-quality art. Ernest Hemingway warned, The first panacea for a mismanaged nation is inflation of the currency. The second is war. Both bring a temporary prosperity. Both bring a permanent ruin. But both are the refuge of political and economic opportunists. Repeating Thomas Jefferson's warning. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and corporations that will grow up around the banks will deprive the people of all property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered and Lenin's. The establishment of a central bank is 90% of communizing a nation. The best way to destroy the capitalist system is to debauch the currency. 
the way to crush the bourgeoisie is to grind them between the millstone of taxation and inflation. In 2019, COVID entered our lives. Lenin warned, medicine is the keystone of the arch of socialism. COVID-19 appeared in October after September 17, 2019 crash in the repo market. It definitely did in October, October 24th, 2019. It was the last time I spoke to Flora Elizabeth Carrasco. I told her I loved her, and then I never heard from her again. Continuing, the economy was shut down. People were locked down not allowed to work, go to church, or go to school. Censorship began as rioters began burning and looting. Marx warned, change the economic base and you will change human beings. Although Trump campaigned vigorously, and tirelessly, and Biden hid in his basement, Trump still lost the re-election. Stalin warned, Voters decide nothing. Vote counters decide everything. Trump's wall. In 2020, why did President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris stop Trump's wall and allow millions to pour into America? Why did Vice President Kamala Harris and Biden stop Trump's wall and allow millions to pour into America? In August of 2021, 340,000 illegals crossed America's southern border. I think of Thomas Sowell's words of warning. The more people who are dependent on government handouts, the more votes the left can depend on for an ever-expanding welfare state. War is always about money. Jim Rickards writes about a war fought with money in his book, Currency Wars. Printing dollars at home means higher inflation in China, higher food prices in Egypt, and stock bubbles in Brazil. Oh, interesting, right? Those are two BRICS countries, China, Brazil. I think Egypt might be joining them too. Continuing, printing money means that U.S. debt is devalued, so foreign creditors get paid back in cheaper dollars. The devaluation means higher unemployment in developing economies as their exports become more expensive for Americans. The resulting inflation also means higher prices for inputs needed in developing economies like copper, corn, oil, and wheat. Foreign countries have begun to fight back against U.S.-caused inflation through subsidies, tariffs, and capital controls. The currency war is expanding fast. As we learned in the U.S. Marine Corps, war uses many different types of weapons. The U.S. dollar is one weapon. 
COVID-19 might be another one of those weapons. COVID-19 appeared around the same time the people of Hong Kong were rioting against the Chinese Communist Party. Is the timing suspect and the target of mass destruction of the U.S. economy? Oh, you were just listening to Freedom versus Power. America Wokes Up. Presented by Hakeem Ali Bokus Alexander on Spreaker Social Podcasting, Wisdom Social Audio Inc., and Call In Social Podcasting. And uh, presented for World Reading Club in association with exercisingyourmind.com and Uniquilibrium. I'm not going to go on to the next chapter because I've been reading for an hour and a half. But chapter 16 is titled Rise Above. And uh, that's one of the definitions of freedom. And it contains such enlightening and insightful and inciting uh, sections titled like Freedom Means Rise Above and Fake Environmentalist and Emotions Versus Facts and Excuses Versus Facts and Parents Become Terrorists and I Am an Environmentalist and Fake Bankers and so on. That was from the Capitalist Manifesto by Robert T. Kiyosaki. I'm going to take a look here and see if I can put... And put it into the show notes here for uh, calling, because uh, that's how you can do it around these here parts for that that so-called search engine optimization. And uh, let's see what else do I got over here? Where's my exerciseinyourmind.com? There we go research.exercisingyourmind.com and uh, is there anything else I'd like to put in there? Nah. Uh, Unless this is yeah. I just like putting all these books in here. I should put um, in here the um, what you call it. Oh yeah. The Science of Getting Rich in here just for... Ooh, I'm going to put Babylon's Bankster in here. Just so I have another place where it is. And then one more link. Where is that book? Um, let's see. Where is that book? It's... Um, oh, there we go. The Science of Getting Rich. It's always good to have extra places where I can have access to that. So that's it. Signing out after I save this stuff here and make sure it gets, gets in the room here on Colin. And uh, Jenny, thanks for hanging out. And Pickle and Fulfillment Obi. Good to see y'all. Oh, look at that. My collars were turned off. Um, but that's okay. Because I need to read that and get that done. Let me take a look at my information here. Are those links in the room? Yes, they are. All right, everybody. 
I'll be around the halls of uh, Colin and, and Wisdom. Until next time. Oh, Jenny, you said you have invested in grains, beans, seeds, and salt. The black market that will immediately kick in after the collapse of the dollar will ensure that we get top trade value for these foods. Oh, yeah, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> the accents are awesome. They are so dramatically pleasant to listen to. Thank you. I'm just having fun. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Yeah, I mean, for sure, the uh, Jenny, the um, the thing that people don't realize, that's why I, I, I don't think that even though I have silver and gold, I don't think that... Um, that's really God's money. It's um, it's food and water. Just like look, if, if you look at a, we'll look at a real example of what money is. Look, just look at uh, um, Mad Max, right? What the hell were they fighting over? They had tankers full of water that they were that they were defending, you know, tooth and nail with, with guns and weapons, right? Um, they that water was the true economy, which is interesting because um, in uh, the wealth of nations. Um, it's interesting that that Adam Smith talked about um, uh, uh, what call-in feature are you talking about? The calling? Me calling? You want to call in? I, can, I think I can change that real quick. Let me see. Um, hold on for a second. Oh, yeah, let me see. Boom. I can do right there. Um, and hit public. Or I can even bring you up to speak, whatever works for you. All right. Hello, Jenny. That was fabulous. That was like my daily zen. <laughs> That's funny. I um, love so the, dra- you- the drama. You know, I love the, the accents and the, the emotion you put into it. You are very, very good. Well, I appreciate it. I'm just like I said, I'm having fun. Um, and you know, I don't, of course, agree with everything. I just, I'm just reading it, you know, um, to learn myself. It's the so, best way to learn. Yeah. You, get um, it, you read it out loud and then you reinterpret it yourself. And, you know, it's just very powerful to read it out loud. What's this um, link that you provided here? Um, this is Ed Dowd. And he just wrote a book. He is, I think I told I think I've told you about him before. He worked for BlackRock on Wall Street for years for most of his career. And then he stepped away and started his own finance company. And he's a numbers guy. All he does is crunch numbers. He predicted he's one of the smarty pants who predicted the uh, recession in 08 and the housing crisis. Nobody made a movie about Ed, but he, he called it correctly. And what he has done recently is crunch the numbers around COVID, around actual deaths. And he came to this information because he was seeing things on Wall Street, like why are there so many coffins being sold in America? Why are there so many children's coffins being sold? Why is the stock for our, uh, you know, the industry that's built around cemeteries and morgues why is their stock going up? It didn't make any sense to him. And it all kicked in in 2021 when the vaccine was deployed. So he started seeing mm. these types of numbers and then started crunching the numbers and got his hands on insurance company data. And what he found was there was unanticip- unanticipated deaths that were just mind boggling, the numbers. And it wasn't just in America, it was also in the UK. 
And so he started digging and digging and finally came to believe that, you know, the COVID vaccine itself was killing a lot of people. And they're blaming it on the infection. They're saying, oh, this is a COVID death. And he has proof, no, this is the vaccine. So he he wrote a book and he's done the lecture circuit and he's kind of out there bubbling under the surface. RFK Jr. endorsed his book, but um, Mm. he's somebody to listen to because he's so freaking smart and he's smart about money and he's just very well educated in numbers. And the demographic winter he is predicting just based on sickness alone, meaning everybody's sick with something, turbo cancer, you know, just the general malaise that's resulting from these vaccine side effects is seriously going to hamper any sort of economic recovery because everybody's going to be sick. And so, you know, I can't recommend his stuff enough. I'll go find this book and put the link in the chat too. It's really good. I just um, put the finance technologies link into the, the um, room here. Hopefully it'll save when I put it in there. Um, My information here take a look. Good. I got all those links there. So perfect. So yeah, Fitech Fi- Home is there. Um, good. Yep. I got it all linked up. And yeah, and um, later I'll put, I'll add that link to the comments because it stays there longer on the, um, on the podcast. So when's your, um, your next, uh, um, talk. Oh, what happened? Oh, let's see. Oops. Oh, there we go. Let's do that. It reverted back to something when I updated the room. So, yeah. Um, when's your next talk or podcast, Jenny? I have officially started my daily show, and I've done it now for four days, and I'm so excited because I'm doing it every night at seven. Well, I saw something you were doing um, on Sunday, but you were reading, I think, from the Book of Mormon. Yep. Sunday nights are going to be devoted to religion. Saturday. Yeah, that's I opted out. That's cool. (laughs) Saturday nights are devoted to music. And then Monday through Friday, I'm doing everything else. And last night, it was so fascinating. I started my show. I got bumped out of it three times. And I'm like, who? who I just got bumped out of your room. Who on Colin's got the little twitchy finger bumping me out of these conversations? It's maddening. Well, I think that that at that last one, um, I was that was my fault. But um, but who knows? Right? So I just put the link to Ed's book in the chat, and the reason why it's so good is that he went and found news stories that were put up by local news sources, no national, just local stories. So these are verified deaths. And he called his book Died Suddenly. And all it is is just these you know, obituaries in um, newspapers and television and radio cause unknown the epidemic of sudden deaths. So I... Yeah, so go ahead. I got bumped out again. Oh, it's maddening. Anyway, um, hmm. it's one of these must—it's one of these must-read books yeah. to just help capture where we are in the moment. And this fits with 
what Dr. Horowitz said to me in a couple of my interviews with him is that talking about Leonard, yeah, Horowitz. Leonard Horowitz, he said, you're going to see an incubation period for about the first three years after they deploy the, van- the vaccines and people will die and be sick, but not on a massive scale. But he said on year number three, which is we're heading into that right now, three to seven, yeah. you are going to see turbo cancers and tumors and strokes and heart attacks and all the stuff that's being reported about these COVID side effects. But it's going to be just on this massive scale. And, um, you know, what do you do when this thing's in there? There's no cure. You got- well, we can only hope not, but um, that's pretty pretty dark. But, I mean, we'll see what, what happens. I think that one of the only ways uh, to... Um, to prepare for that is becoming educated in as many things as possible, specifically uh, how to um, become as independent as we can. I think learning things like about agriculture, growing your own food, home gardens, storing food, things like that, real wealth, real money, keeping water clean and stored and safe. Um, Even people learning how to defend themselves. There's a lot of stuff. But I'm not that bleak, and I probably will be one of the first people to die because I, um, I'm, I'm definitely not, I'm not prepared like Did that. Did you get, get the vaccine? And if, I, and if I was, I wouldn't tell anybody if I was or not. No, I never got the So vaccine. you have pure blood. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I just don't, I don't, I don't take anything. I don't take any Tylenol or aspirin. I don't do that stuff. I go get my checkups from the doctor, but I take nothing prescribed and nothing offered. I don't either. Um, I have drugs in the house in case if I have a serious breathing event, but that's just to keep me out of the ER if it gets gets that bad. Yeah. I mean, I fortunately don't have anything that I'm dealing with that I know of. I mean, for all I know, cancer could be festering inside my body and brain right now, and I wouldn't know it because I feel fine. But as far as my last checkup went, I'm, I'm totally good. But, um, yeah, I don't have any, fortunately, anything that I have to deal with like that. So I appreciate you sharing your links with me, Jenny. I'm going to put a couple of them in the uh, show notes here so they're part of the show. Uh, I had a moment a couple of years ago when I was fretting because all of my kids have been vaccinated and all the spouses. And except one daughter. And so I was like, am I even going to have any grandchildren? You know, because I was really nervous about the side effects that are impacting infertility. And Naomi Wolf has been really good about telling these stories and gathering the data around that. But Heavenly Father spoke peace to my grandma heart. And what he Mm. said was, if young couples will humbly come to me, married couples, they have to be married. And petition, petition yeah. a healing on them, their, their bodies, their babies. I will heal them completely so that they can have their families and not walk in fear of the side effects of COVID. And it will be the pregnancy that will regenerate their bodies. Pregnancy is incredibly mm. cleansing. And there's proof that it's also very impactful on the husband in terms of kind of a reset physically, spiritually, and that those couples who will humbly petition the Lord and say, hey, you know, I understand there's this stuff ripping around in my veins, but the, the side effects from the spike protein is it goes in and it kind of shreds, just shreds everything, you know, so that's why people have these 
events with stroke and heart attacks, their arteries are being shredded. And so it was very comforting, Hakeem. We've got two grandbabies due in the next few weeks. And all four, you know, the, my son and my daughter and their spouses have all been vaccinated. And so mm. I'm giving all of it to the Lord that they are married and they love each other and they want to raise their children and do right by their kids. And I've bathed them in prayer to protect them, you know, from whatever. That they'll have good births and healthy babies. And every time I've fretted during these pregnancies, I've also almost felt scolded by the Lord and the Holy Spirit. Just don't fret. Don't fret. They're fine. They're all fine. And so th that's where my hope is. I'm not a doomscaper. I'm not someone who's sitting here just, you know, so sad about all the deaths. I mean, I am, but I'm, I'm detached from it because it is what it is. And I've been a vaccine activist long enough to know that this is exactly where they were taking us, you know? <laughs> yeah, how long have you been a vaccine activist? Jenny? I started writing about it in uh, 1999, but for 10 years be before that, I was a childbirth educator in my home and I had read all of the literature around this. We had to, to become childbirth teachers in the method I taught. One of the books I read was how to raise a healthy child in spite of your doctor. Dr. Robert Mendelssohn of Chicago wrote this fabulous book. And he was kind of one of the top anti-vaccine activist doctors back in the 70s and 80s. So I read his book in like 1989. And the whole thing just turned the vaccine world upside down, the whole book, just dumped on it. And um, it opened up my mind. This is optional. You don't have to do this, you know. And I'm so yes. grateful I did that training. I was barely... I think I was 21 the year I did that training and um, read all these fabulous books that were kind of like the underground literature. You're not going to find it on traditional bookstore shelves and even library shelves. It was kind of yeah. hidden. Anyway, that, that totally influenced me and I've been an anti-vaxxer ever since. I mean, that's like what, 89 to today, 34 years. Yeah. But I started writing. It's when I started yeah. writing that I that got me in trouble with a lot of people. Yeah. Well, that well. What, what's your main uh, website that you post your blogs and stuff? It's on? Uh, JennyHatch.substack.com. JennyHatch.substack.com. And what is? Don't you have a healthy families? Yes, um, I have several WordPress blogs. I kind of think of them as okay. my archive, and that's HealthyFamilies.life. Okay and healthyfamilies.news and healthy healthyworld.news. I've got three WordPress blogs. I think of them just as my old spaces, you know. Yeah, but you're mostly jennyhatch.substack. Yeah, jennyhatch.substack.com is where I do my current postings, all of my videos and podcasts. And eventually mm -hmm. I'm planning to move everything to X. Elon's promising to pay mm -hmm. his content creators good money and is setting up so mm -hmm. that we can do video, audio, and long form newsletters and i well we shall see yeah, we'll see he promised it's going to be more generous than youtube and so i'm holding out for that mm -hmm. i really would like to get paid for my work i do make a little bit of money on substack i get a subscriber who pays mm -hmm. you know like once or twice a month mm -hmm. it's not a lot of money but it's enough to kind of keep me going yeah i get that well yeah i mean 
um, that's the thing. If you can find a way to, especially because you're passionate about it, if you can find a way to, to monetize what you're doing um, and being fair, giving people more in use value than they give you in cash value, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm always trying to sell my books and the oils, and that that's a, also a steady source of income, but it's it's not a lot. And so. Hey, Julie, Julie, I see you on Wisdom. Um, yeah, no, I get you. Um, but the more you can do that, um, the better it'll be um, for. Um, as much independence as you can claim, the better. Well, I don't have any editors, no publishers. It's all self-published. Everything's on Kindle. And um, yeah. I don't ever plan to partner with anybody, you know, to do the podcast or my music or anything. I'm going to stay independent because I've gotten burned just about every time I try to do a collaboration with anybody on anything. Yeah. I think sometimes a few people contacted me who were trying to mess with me, you know, and that that's no yeah. good. Yeah. Hello, Julie. Hi, yeah. I just wanted to say thank you to Jenny, actually, for doing what she does, for allowing us uh, information and education. Okay. That's pretty much what I wanted to say. And also thank you to you for having that on your wisdom platform. I'm just going to plug my earphones in. Hold the line a second. All right. Yeah, that's uh, truly Julie over on Wisdom, Jenny. She just said wanted to thank you for what the work you're doing. It is lovely to meet you, truly, Julie. Can you can you hear me? <laughs> you can tell by the name, can't you, Jenny? <laughs> I was not my my turn to uh, to contact with you as well. I I um, admire you and you know all of your your purpose and your work. And I can totally understand your uh, request to stay independent. Yep. I can totally it's, understand. It's really sick the way that they go after those of us who are the activists. I've had friends who were murdered. Yeah. And so um, you kind of always feel like you're looking over your shoulder. Anybody messing with me? You know? Yeah. But I give, I give God all the glory. I kind of... Um, my my route to it is to just allow truth so i kind of express my own choices i don't um i don't say to other people that maybe there's their choice is wrong i just say that at the time of all of this including the fact that i worked um in in covid situations as well and still stuck to my choice I like to do that very gently and kind of in the background of things so that I don't feel necessarily um, that I have to watch myself too much. But when I come across someone like you, Jenny, that is uh, so active in what you do and sharing what you share, and also to you, Hakeem, as well, for making a space. I just feel that if 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 I can add to that, I will. If I can add and support, I will freely without any, I don't fear because of it. I just don't. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much 
what I've got to say on it. But yeah, absolutely fantastic to hear you. Akeem, you are awesome. Thank you. Well, thanks, Julie. I appreciate you. And They're definitely, Julie, appreciate you as well. Yeah, it's lovely to hear your words. I mean, it's been kind of a lonely walk. Uh, obviously, my own children don't listen to me on vaccines. They have their own minds and they use them. And they were seduced yeah. into getting the shot. And I had nothing to say about it. And yeah. it, it broke my heart. But, you know, they're, they're adults. Um, is, I've had the same experience. So I've got three children. I have uh, five grandchildren. And they all, you know, um, the children did it through their work situation the fact that they wanted to go on holiday, the fact that they wanted to be released from this uh, uh, isolation and stuff. Whereas what I did was I saw from it things that I would like to recreate. So I didn't want the vision. That's something I, I just didn't want at all, the vision, because the vision isn't... Um, conducive to connections with each other so I allowed them with you know by saying very quite you know my choice and explaining why I made the choices that I do and then allowing them to sit with that and make their own choice as well but I've had I've been shouted at on the ward and all sorts of things I've really you know I've been my job had been threatened and I was like, well, that, if that's how it is, that's how it is, that's fine. You know, I'll just go right up to the end. And then suddenly at the end, the NHS decided that they weren't going to fire everybody, which <laughs> is quite fun. But that is down to people like you, Jenny, that, you know, do stand for us, you know. So that's what the gratitude is for, is because of people like you, Jenny, that I was, and I was able to exercise my choice and so is everyone else so you know I just want to I like to think that that because because of my voice and the voices of people like me we got people especially young parents out of the place of going oh my kid's sick I wonder what's going on to going huh I wonder if it was the shot they just got this morning that caused the symptom and if it's just that awakening then that's worth a lot and I'm at the end of the day, I'm just grateful yeah. my husband and my daughter who lives with us chose not to get vaccinated. The three of us have been yeah. able to support each other. And it has, again, yeah. been a lonely walk. Certain kids, some of my kids didn't even want us to get together. You know, they were afraid that we would get them sick. Yeah. And so for a long time, we just were kind of on our own. But at least I had them, you know, have these two people I can at least live with and the people who are alone that's what guts me is the ones who don't have anyone to live with and nobody to talk to about it are you are you a nurse i used to be a clinical support worker so pretty much you know the the general jobs body (laughs) it sounds like you're in the i nurse people i nursed people and i gave them much love are you in the uk Yes, yeah. Um, I was going to say, and I want thank you. I was going to say to Hakeem because Hakeem would understand this very, very well. Is that once you are suggested to on a regular basis from many, many angles, you tend to 
hear yourself saying the same narrative and it's hypnotic suggestion yeah. that we're dealing with okay. that is that's the bottom core line of what's going on around us now but you is know this one of the things that i like and is what the author i was just reading from says that he was taught by his rich dad was you know there are three sides to every coin the heads the tails and the the edge of the coin and the best place to be standing is on the edge of the coin where you can see both sides of the so-called argument and make an informed yeah. decision because most people are just hearing one getting emotional and then taking a side yeah. whereas in, whereas if you stand on the edge of the coin you can see both things and make an informed decision like i don't agree with everything robert kiyosaki says or anybody for that matter but by listening to all of it i can make a decision that's right you can you can then decide for yourself you can make a decision and i think what you said there that i i don't take it all it's not the whole biscuit you're 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 devouring you're you're tasting and you're mixing and you're creating in your own in your own space yeah Because, you know, some people, because I've read books by Donald Trump, they get really angry at me and say, oh, you're a you're a hard line Trump supporter. I'm like, I just read his books years ago. What is this? You know what I mean? And then they just start getting so mad funny. at me. Yeah. And then yeah. or like even some of the things I'll read, they'll they'll make up their decision about me and then get angry. I'm like, don't you understand what it is to read stuff? You know, um, I'm reading it verbatim, exactly as the authors say, with my commentary, of course. But just because I'm reading it doesn't mean I have to agree with everything. And that's a problem that a lot of people have. They shut their brains off to information because they don't agree with something. And you will never learn and expand your worldview if you do that. I agree. I think, you know, it's uh, it's the, the singular focus that goes on. So once you focus on a particular thing and you believe that to be true, your focus is so hard and tight on the small spotlight that you've created that the rest becomes a blur. Yeah. And in the rest is is information. There's there's thoughts, actions, feelings and everything involved in that blur that you can't now see because you are so focused on one point. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you're you're describing as you you just have that you might read it but that doesn't mean to say that you are what you read right. you mean, are gleaning all the time little snippets and popping them together and creating and also people yeah. that have differing opinions like jenny is a mormon christian i don't believe in the yeah. stuff that she does but her and i get along just fine like i was she was in a room on sunday reading from the book of mormon and i just was like okay yeah. not here for that but you know there's a lot of other things that she does say and that she does share that I'm on board with but if more people could learn how to have differences and still be civil with each other we'd be fine but a lot of people yell and scream at me and run out of my rooms or things that I say because they don't like one thing that I've said I'd like to mess with people yeah. I like to dress up as a hippie when I'm yeah, around conservatives Jenny, Jenny. I, I think you're awesome as well and and again like Hakeem you know it, there's elements of you that are so admirable and i'm happy with those i appreciate that jenny <laughs> jenny what were you saying oh just i like to mess with people i'll dress up like a hippie when i know i'm going to be around conservatives and i dress very conservative <laughs> when i know i'm going to be around hippies there's a lot of hippies in boulder colorado 
And I just, I don't like to allow people to put me in a little box and say, that's who you are. And I actually delight in kind of messing with people. I'll, you know, get a copy of uh, Communist Manifesto and go sit somewhere where I know there are going to be a lot of conservatives. You, Jenny. you know, just mess with people. I like Jenny. She's <laughs> going to be more by, the, more by the second. <laughs> well, people assume if you're from Colorado, especially Boulder, that you're some raging liberal. I'm not. I'm about as conservative, libertarian as you can be. But um, I, I like to play around with it and then say something completely opposite of what they expect just, just to see if I can get a rise out of them because it's really fun. I, I, I love The thing I love the most about now is it was so funny the way you were interpreting the various voices. I was chuckling right along with you. And that, that just kind of playfulness is who I am in my core. And that's what I try to bring to all of my work is just a kind of lighthearted, Let's let's just have a good chuckle all of all over all of this, please. I'm tired of the drama and all the rage. No, I mean you can. The thing is, people read fiction books all the time. Like, who's to say that any of this stuff is really real? It's just information, and it's like a play. Like, have fun with it. These authors are writing from their opinions and their life experiences. It's not mathematical science. Um. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say, isn't it possible to pop into any box that you feel? at any point and, and also then you know not be uh labeled in any of the boxes that you jumped into yeah. just go and have a look around scout about have a, have a great time pop into a, a, a completely opposing box if you like do exactly. the same there i mean people watch there's no movies. fast rules yeah, people, people watch movies with villains and stuff all the time that they don't agree with and you don't see them getting all angry about it they leave the movie theater and they're done you know it's yeah. like just information just learn what you can that's the that's the thing from wherever you can and then make your own decisions yeah and enjoy it like jenny says yeah. just enjoy it crikey is you know it's it's an absolute privilege to be breathing and alive let alone anything else yeah. so i might as well have good fun with it while i'm here <laughs> it's, it's helpful too to but understand yeah. it's helpful to understand the way we've all been manipulated with the fear and the doomscaping. And once you realize that this happy, you know, lighthearted posture is a way to push back, that's when I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna use some satire and parody in my in my videos. And I do every day. I go look for the funniest stuff and throw it in my movies and I'm just I'm sitting there editing, laughing my head off, hoping everybody else gets the joke when they watch the movies but on subject you can see my movies you know I, I like to make them as funny as i can that's the goal yes absolutely it's any way that you can connect really i think you know and humor is a beautiful connection between human beings i think you know you can make someone laugh they're totally suddenly open their posture and everything just relaxes and they become open yep humor and that's where you connect yeah connecting and very healing as well for a lot of people so mm. yeah anyway hakeem i'm gonna drop down but massive thank you for having me on no, I space appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for, and lovely to hear jenny yes too. i'm glad you two were able to meet and talk for a little bit yes it was lovely to meet thank you, you. Thank you, uh, nice to meet you too, Jenny. Bye bye. Awesome. That was fantastic. So, another uh, successful cross platform uh, connection from uh, Wisdom Social Audio Inc. and Colin Social Podcasting. 
So I had Truly Julie up here and Miss Jenny Hatch, so that was wonderful and lovely. And we're at the two-hour mark here, which I usually uh, like to go about an hour, but this was worth it to have people connecting and uh, sharing with each other. So, Jenny, any um, questions, comments, or parting thoughts before we shut down? Uh, just, I believe we are going to have a collapse of the dollar, and I think it's going to happen relatively soon. And so, again, don't want to be down, Debbie Downer, but for anybody who's listening now or in the replay, it is a good time to just put in a little bit of supplies, you know, some food, a couple of cases of water. It will make you feel more secure to just have it in your house. Yeah. And so that's just something I'm always telling people, just get a little bit of food. You don't want to be out in line somewhere trying to get a loaf of bread. Mm. Definitely. Um, we all should learn a little bit. Hey, man, you guys can go to the local bookstores and find those survivalist books and find things that can help out. Um, I'm uh, hoping that someone will recruit me as like some kind of enforcer or security force because I can't do any of that other stuff. I'm useless except as a, 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 a combatant. <laughs> so, they, you know... <laughs> Like, hey guys, I'm I'm a mercenary for hire. If you need to protect your stash, I got you. <laughs> well, if it collapses, we don't know what it's going to look like. I predict we'll have black markets that will pop up. If we're not able to buy and sell at the store, you know, people start bartering and trading. And it might be good to have some supplies on hand that you could barter with. Coffee, cigarettes are really good. You know, mm. anything you can think of to barter with sea salt i've got a bunch of salt that i'm planning to barter with salt historically has been used as money yep salt wheat, definitely. Wheat, wheat has been used as a form of money and so it's just good to think outside of the box we all went through mm -hmm. the experience during covid of yep. seeing the grocery stores empty so we know what yep. that looks like now take that and maybe extend it out a month or two what does yeah. that look like that's pretty mm -hmm. sobering yep it is. Well, um, thank you once again, Jenny, for joining me as usual. I'm going to take a little break and I'll probably be back soon before I have to uh, hit the road again for this evening. But, well, it was um, lovely to chat about the topics I love the most. So yeah. thank you for letting me talk. Well, thank you for sure. And everybody, thank you for listening on uh, Wisdom and Colin, Truly Julie, Annabelle, Matthew Burroughs, Taven Strickert, uh, Adrian Perez, Greg Diggs, Zawana Call, Miranda Dehan, and Victoria Marcian, Radiate Virga, Cecilia Grace, Kudos, Daniel Speller, Lola, uh, Kenny Swenson, Kelly Swenson, um, Terry, Nicole Rolla, Daryl with the Dashes, Eric Lane, Dan Farber, Victoria D, Reggie Wood, and Bernadette Norris. Miss Arbuckle, Andrew Johnson, Lois Hampson, hello. Chittawin Empire, Sharon, Michael J, Roy, A. Ray Davis, what's up? Terry Thompson, John Wojcicki, and Life Love Lessons. Whether you've stopped through, bouncing through, or sat for a spell to listen, much appreciated. Um, you've been listening to Freedom versus Power, America Wokes Up, presented by me, Hakeem Ali Bokus Alexander, the hitman, Hakeem in the morning, afternoon, and night, because you never know when I'm going to show up, morning, afternoon, and night. I'm presented for World Reading Club in association with exercisingyourmind.com and Unique Equilibrium. Everybody, much love and stay well.